Hello and welcome to Commendable Commotion. I'm Matthew Tanamelgie and I'll be talking to some fascinating people about some equally fascinating topics that need more commotion. Today I'll be talking to Sean Moriarty, a former film and English literature student who co-runs the website Cold Coffee Press. Cold Coffee Press is a great website that offers all sorts of reviews and critiques on the latest movies and classic films too, in addition to books and music. We'll hear about what spurred Sean to start the website, what inspires his own creative ambitions, and where he hopes to go from here with Cold Coffee Press. So, without further ado, please, enjoy our conversation. I just want to see now what's the, uh, one of many things I'd like to ask you. Yeah, a very basic question, I know, but I'd just be interested. For those who are unfamiliar as well, uh, what is Cold Coffee Press, your website? Uh, well, first and foremost, uh, thank you very much for having me on. Uh, it's really good to be here. Uh, so Cold Coffee Press was, a, it's a blog that uh, myself and three of the friends from college, uh, to give them a shout out as well, James, Stephen and Andrew, uh, we came to realise that we had spent a lot of our, our discourse when meeting uh, throughout our time in college. Uh, a lot of it was film centric. So I think at one stage we decided, why don't we just get our get our appreciation and get our uh, our love of film out to the world like in a like a blog format and we would um we would like dabble i do throw ideas across each other maybe like do the standard film review a latest release maybe a, a retro review in um uh, in celebration of something that was about to come out um we would maybe like a classic review of a film from many many years ago uh or even just a, a an article like about a particular auteur filmmaker or maybe like a uh a genre of film so it was it was a way essentially it was an avenue for us to just express our love and appreciation of the art of cinema and then it extended into other forms as well with literature we, we got people on to maybe write some uh, music blogs we got some people to write some book blogs on okay okay so i didn't know you did the um you included music in it as well and various other things and books so before we talk a little bit about that um just go a little bit more into what got you into this. Uh, what sort of things would you talk about when you have those film-centric conversations in college? Because it's such a formative time, you know, college and everything. So what sort of stuff was it, you know, about the content of the films that you liked? Was it about the makers of them, all of all, <laughs> everything in between? Yeah. Like, you know. I think a lot of it kind of derived from when we were studying, because we all studied film in college. So a lot of it came from, whether it was a film that was on our, our module for the week, or maybe it was a film related to a director that had a film that was on the same module. So uh, maybe it was my first time. So, like, I remember when we uh, saw Psycho for the first time, I kind of, I hadn't seen it, but I heard the guys around, like, you, you kind of, it's almost like one of those films now that you've heard so much about it going into it that it's so hard to, like, just block all that out and go into it. And I just, having seen it for the first time, like, during my time in college, I just, thought it was like an it was just a really really well made film like i i probably wasn't as scared as a lot of the people in the 1960s were when they saw the shower sequence for the first time because it's been parodied to death in like yeah. multiple films tv shows but i just thought like the use of like um, framing the way the direction was kind of was being like incorporated into the film throughout i just thought it was um just very captivating so that hitchcock definitely kind of knew that this was going to be a game changer and then that, that that those conversations kind of um like blossomed from there and just talking about it's like films that had an influence on and all that 
Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's good. And um, so, yeah, no, you were interested in how they were made and how they were innovative rather than just, you know, simply, uh, oh, because the plot was exciting, which is important too, obviously, as you know. But yeah, it sounds like you had an interest in all these different areas of filmmaking, both technically and narratively. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Very good. And um, in terms of like then, you know, so on Cold Coffee Press, um, any particular type of film that you particularly like writing about on that website uh, or any particular type of, type of book or music or, you know? Well, uh, James was the book guy. So he was the guy we always went to if there was a, a latest literature release. But for me, like I'd maybe say within like the, the film lane if I was writing about uh, one of them. And a lot of it would be kind of based on the directors that I have a keen interest in. Like if a new Tarantino film is out, like you can bet your bottom dollar I'm there. <laughs> gonna write a review like probably maybe the day after it's come out um or like we were talking beforehand about like uh darren aronofsky and like the whale like i'd, I'd, I'd have to give my say on that so it would, a lot of, it would a lot of it would be down to directors that i've been following for a long period of time or maybe even an actor who has impressed me a lot in the past with their work and that that, that would kind of draw me in largely like the um the people involved or also like word of mouth like when you hear like a film that kind of had like a, a grassroots uh, road to success that maybe like started off in like a festival run and then just through word of mouth you hear how great it is kind of just make you, you kind of like are morbidly curious to hear okay what is it about this little underground film that everybody's been hearing about yeah no absolutely absolutely and um in terms of like let's say now i mean you mentioned darren aronofsky um would he be a big inspiration to you uh along with other people yeah, well, definitely with some of his um, earlier films, like with the likes of uh, Black Swan and prior to that, The Wrestler, like the, the guy is just fantastic at like getting very kind of very human performances from his actors. Like you can see that the characters are kind of having to, or the actors playing them are having to go to some very dark places to get to give the performance they're giving of very damaged individuals. And I just thought that that was one of like his strengths as a director. I kind of feel like that's been lost in some of his like later work whether it's i don't know maybe true studio interference or maybe just a more of a focus on spectacle but i thought like with the whale it was a lot more of a return to form for him because it was more kind of character centric and kind of honed down into one small apartment in idaho yeah and i'm just wondering like given how i have not seen that film yet but given that i heard it was very heavy going like when you see these things and um, these various different kind of projects, like what would be the type that would affect you most emotionally, uh, positively or negatively? Um, you know. Um, I think the, the the as in like what kind of emotional reaction? Uh, yeah. I'd like to get out of these, I think. Um, just it, it, when it, when it all kind of you see all of the different cinematic elements like kind of working in tandem to make the, this very. Like beautiful uh, jigsaw puzzle like it's coming together like you see the acting kind of blends in with either the scenery or maybe it blends in with the um the editing that it doesn't feel because we used to do a thing when we were in our module that that how integral editing is and that like clapping every time there's an edit the best kind of edits are the ones that kind of sneak past and you don't even know but just kind of giving the actors a space to um to just perform so i think seeing it all together without each kind of element standing out more than the other, that each one is kind of 
operating conjunction to give um, the what's being presented of the overall frame uh, room to breathe essentially and like you just you know with like Aaron Aronofsky you know that like he can he can just let the actor act he just puts their performance on the screen whether it's like Ellen Burstyn in Requiem for a Dream or Mickey Rourke in The Wrestler just heartbreaking performances but the music isn't swelling up or the editing isn't hyperactive it's just they're there the camera knows how to restrain and just those kind of um, that almost like kind of patient style of filmmaking i think that kind of affects me like when when you just you 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 know that everything is just working correctly yeah now certainly there was a bit of frenetic pacing and editing and uh requiem for a dream but i remember there was some very powerful moments where the camera was very still yeah. uh and that was it was very powerful stuff as you said i've never seen the wrestler would you recommend it yeah it's it's a it's a fantastic uh comeback story yeah he drew it's... a lot of parallels from his own career like uh, uh in the past when he was going through hardships as an actor oh mickey rourke yeah 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 yeah, yeah no yeah of course because yeah there just seems to be this thing where he's always putting these like these parallels between um different actors and then the roles they're portraying so i mean obviously with this uh what people are calling the brendan essence of brendan Fraser <laughs> turning to this big big film really um it seems like obviously there might be some commentary going on on maybe his uh uh past i don't know or maybe his uh just general career trajectory how he's uh reflecting i, I don't know i mean what do, what do you make of that have you noticed that in some of aronofsky's films yeah, it it definitely seems like there's a uh, there is a, a similar pattern that's to be uh, noted in his films. But I think I think everybody just loves to see like a comeback story. People defy the odds and and like return to form. And I think it can almost present this kind of creative expression for them to showcase. I'm here. I'm back. Like I belong here and all that. And there's definitely moments of that in the whale. Definitely with Brendan Fraser's performance, but. What's so captivating about it is it's a performance that you can't like pinpoint at any previous point in his filmography that he has delivered. Like it just feels like something very refreshing for him. And I think that that phone is going to be buzzing a lot for many more dramatic opportunities now that we've seen this side to him that I don't think we've ever seen before with his acting. Well, that's fascinating, really. Um, a bit grim, but fascinating. And so in terms of, um, you know, like uh, your work, uh, again returning to your work so what made you decide to kind of also branch out a little bit into books and music because I know you said that uh, one of your colleagues as such is kind of more the 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 book specialist um yeah. but just you know like what made you decide like uh, you and your friends okay look we're gonna spread this out a bit more don't just stick to film what factored into that decision if you remember um I think what we realized where our strengths are with the the writing, the film, like having studied it in college, that we could kind of notice um, aspects of it that we could incorporate into our own writing and also just being admirers of other film critics as well and listening to their opinions. Uh, music was a bit more, I haven't been as consistent, consistent with the music reviews in the past because music is a different, it can, it can be a slightly different art form and it can be difficult to kind of uh, to remember some of the terminology and some of the um, the language to use when describing music. They can provoke the same emotional re reaction, but I just find it a little bit easier to talk about uh, film in comparison to the two. And I think it was 
it was just the desire to like let other people know about a film that they might not have heard of or maybe a film they had heard about or had heard word of mouth of and like that we had we had heard about it also provided a another a healthy method of us to uh write consistently about film without boring our friends to tears talking about film over and over again yeah yeah i know what you mean i mean um do you think do you think film criticism is popular overall or do you think a lot of people get bored to tears by it like what do you think i mean maybe it's a bit of a generalization uh that shouldn't be made uh but i mean like what do you think i mean do you think a lot of people read stuff like that in general i think it's def it's it can be definitely warranted for some films that like as they call them like a, a thinking piece like the films that you see a first time and that you might not have captured an immediate understanding of it but like warranted maybe repeat viewings for you to kind of pick up on the layers and all that so definitely with film essays and um like videos that analyze and dissect the uh the overall message of the film but i i remember reading about um uh, i'm not sure if you're familiar with that uh, yorgos lanthimos he's a yeah uh, yeah but he he denies any um interpretation or theories of his films because he doesn't believe that it should be given its cemented uh status like the film isn't about x y and z that people have their own thing to take away from it he said that he just wants to say what's on his mind through that film and if people if other people have an opinion of it then and that's inherent to them and that that would definitely be uh, like on the topic of film criticism that it, it is necessary to kind of keep the art alive and keep uh, people talking about them but uh, at the same time it could probably take away the original intent or kind of i don't know make it more of a um a, a medium for conversation i think yeah yeah i see what you mean i see what you mean this is the whole rabbit hole that can happen that way you know there's just there's so yeah. many different discussions people can have about what a film means what they think that the director or writer or both were trying to say all this kind of thing um so, I mean, personally, from my point of view, I find it really interesting. I, I know you do as well. Um, but some people maybe don't like going near that. Some people uh, want to just maybe focus a bit more on what they see in front of them. Uh, you know, I don't know. Um, why do you think that is? I'm, I'm just curious, genuinely. Uh, why do you think that is that some people would have that opinion? Which is a fair enough opinion for some people. Like, I'm not judging anyone. What, why do you think that is, though? I think mainly it's just that people just want to know if it's good or bad. Like, if it's something that requires them to take this amount of time out of their day to watch because i don't think there's any like worse feeling than spending money on something and then leaving and going ah that that was that 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 just didn't work for me exactly <laughs> so i think that i think it's also that we just want to know that the time was valued and that the time was well spent into the film or the tv show and that it was i don't know to them necessary view yeah okay that's fair enough yeah that's fair enough i understand <laughs> um <laughs> but in terms of i mean like it's just you know in terms of like you know actually analyzing films and what you do and reviewing films um criticizing films praising films all that kind of thing who would inspire you any any critics in particular um so definitely um i probably the go-to for a lot of the film appreciators but uh roger ebert was probably like the the goat as we held him <laughs> the yeah. guy who got the ball rolling um i'll shout out a, a documentary you haven't seen it's called uh, life itself which was kind of charted his um his career as a, as a film critic 
it's just a, a fantastic watch. Uh, but uh, amongst the ones that I'm watching now, definitely um, uh, Mark Remote and Simon Mayo. They're very entertaining and like almost provide like a um, like a sometimes they disagree. And I think that's where a lot of the entertainment of their reviews comes from. Like when one says, well, I enjoyed it. And then really, what, what, what was it about that you enjoyed? Well, and that that I think to me really showcases the the joy of cinema that like the polarizing opinions like can elevate it from like being more than just something that's moving on the screen for an hour and a half so i definitely keep up with them and um also again like uh tara brady and donald clark from the irish times like if their reviews a read we used to have a joke in our um <laughs> in our film course about like uh if donald clark isn't given like three stars don't watch it <laughs> yeah so like that yes. was like the <laughs> the opinion that we valued but yeah, um, yeah, they, exactly. they would definitely be some of the, the pivotal uh, critics that I would keep my eye on or hear, hear what their say is on something. And do you disagree with them much or do you agree with them more than you disagree with them? Well, I was a bit shocked to see uh, Donald Clark gave The Whale one out of five. Oh, OK. I didn't know that. Well, <laughs> that okay. kind of turned my turned my eyes like when I saw their view, because I walked out of a thing getting a a, a like a, a very like rewarding experience out of watching it and then to hear that i was like oh i i must have seen something differently there okay that's i didn't know that okay <laughs> now i'm even more intrigued <laughs> to be honest with you okay so polarization yeah wow okay so um i mean you know would you ever i mean this sounds like a silly question but would you ever take it personally when any film reviewer disagrees with a film that you strongly liked or strongly disliked but this or that film reviewer who's like really successful and you generally um uh, you know listen to a lot all that kind of thing and then they they come out with a, a film that they actually that you did not like at all but they think is great or vice versa do you ever take it personally i, I don't know i mean because it's, it's, you know... it's heartbreaking it's heartbreaking it's like you've made like a project for school and they just smash it down and right <laughs> no um no i always find it really interesting because then it allows me to kind of see like the expectation from that other person or maybe just the experience that they got out of it and i think i think at the same time like when i said there like about what draws me in like with the people involved the director the actor word of mouth another thing that can be quite alluring when it comes to like checking out films or seeking films out is when you hear about a divisive response because you kind of go okay so that means it's going to be either one or two camps here for where you fall under so i think and again, like it just when I hear that, I'm always kind of like, all right, cool. So like that person saw a different thing that I did. Like, so and it's nice because it, it also makes it look like uh, that you're not just like basing the opinion on the people that you admire. Yeah, 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 no, of course, of course. Um, that's a, a good kind of um, balanced way of thinking. And so, you know, like with the Internet, um, and, you know, obviously you're, a lot of your writing is on the internet and cold coffee press. Like, what are your thoughts on, like, kind of the, you know, the broadening of opportunities that, like, the internet gave to people to promote content like that or, or to, you know, write their own interpretations of films or their own reviews of films? I know, obviously, we both kind of grew up with the internet, I think it's fair to say. Um, but obviously, for some people, like, it would have been like a revelation uh, if they'd grown up without it particularly and they were into writing and film criticism. So, like, what are your thoughts on just, you know, different opportunities that exist on online for people wanting to 
do what you do and you know write reviews of films well it's it's definitely like there is more access now like with the technology and in terms of getting the word of mouth out there but it also means that there's like a higher chance of um uh, people like in positions in film and all that of seeing some of the responses and seeing the blogs and what people say um like even like a a, a film critic that i've been following for years um had had expressed in his uh, videos like throughout the years of hearing back from people on whose opinions he's expressed in the film albeit some positive and some negative but um just this idea of that there are like um uh, like bigger uh, powers up there that's kind of keeping watch and like that this internet is kind of this like central hub for people to um like see the ideas that are coming together but um it also like fuels um aspirations that uh maybe Brendan Fraser is reading a, a cold coffee review somewhere <laughs> yeah yeah I see what you mean okay. yeah because it's just it's just interesting <laughs> It, it is though, genuinely though it's um like it does kind of make you wonder like I, I hadn't thought about that as much like I mean in terms of like you know as well as the opportunities for creatives there's also the other creatives seeing those creatives and then you know uh, all sorts of uh, opportunities there that's um no, that's that's definitely a good bit of advice really to be honest with you um in terms of you know let's say uh I mean I was gonna ask you would you like to branch out into audio but I mean I know you've branched out into music and books, but I mean, you know, would you, would you ever make a podcast about film reviews? It would definitely be something that I would keep in mind. Like, um, uh, two of the, the original uh, Cold Coffee members, uh, I'm, I'm not sure if you're familiar with uh, Andrew and Stephen, that they run a, a podcast called I Know That Face. Uh, where Heard they, of it. Um, Heard of it. Uh, but I've been on a couple of times uh, to talk about some, their, theirs is a character actor focused so they would pick a, a character actor and run through their career now i remember the podcast you're talking about how could i forget about that yeah no, i remember Give them that as well <laughs> they did a very Plus, good episode on uh, found footage horror films yeah it's excellent and i know with yourself having just talked to eduardo sanchez there that was uh that one was of one the, of the episodes i one of the key figures for the the found footage genre well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I can't we'll remember, did they, I can't remember, was Eduardo Sanchez on that episode, or was it kind of an overview of looking at found footage horror films in general? But I mean, I remember listening to that kind of in preparation for that episode uh, that I did. And yeah, no, it was, it was, it was great. I mean, it was a, it's a great podcast, isn't it? Fantastic. Uh, we'll get the word out about them as well. But um, <laughs> absolutely. the, um, the question there, it was about uh, the podcast. Um I, de I definitely it, it's been something I've been like to rolling around in my mind and a lot of the time it can be easier just to uh to speak your thoughts in the film rather than like putting pen to paper like sometimes when I go back like I might jot down in my notes maybe a key word that I just remembered and then when I take those keywords and kind of expand it more out like in the word doc it's kind of that in bullet point for I remember but sometimes it can be quite it can be limiting but it can also be quite uh difficult to like where, where, where does the train of thought like what station is it going to stop at so i think maybe the the transition to like talk you could be witnessing here like my the gears of my brain turning going maybe a podcast now <laughs> a cold coffee podcast down the line <laughs> it's a good idea i mean it's a good idea i mean it's just it's just interesting all these different kind of media and all the different kind of opportunities that exist from the different formats um that exist for these kind of things but it gets confusing um 
you know, it does get confusing sometimes about like trying to decide, okay, what format suits this or that particular project best. Uh, do you know? Yeah. Um, including in, you know, documentary filmmaking, for instance, or documentary podcasts. Would you like to do filmmaking? Like, I mean, would you like to make films as well as writing about them? I was wondering about that. I think that that for me would exist more in the uh, the category of dreams than possibilities. Yeah. But I, I'd never say never. Like, I, I, I've always like thought of the idea of like it would it would look like fun, and it it would look like something that I would like to. Um, well, I, well, I wouldn't say like pursue immediately. It's something I'd probably like think about. But it, it's also been like a uh, an imagined like possibility of mine. Like, what if someday we were to we were to venture into the art of filmmaking. It's a strenuous task, but very fun yeah. exciting, you know? So, I mean, you hear all these stories and, um, you know, the amount of crazy sort of documentaries that have been made about like this or that particular production and things that went wrong or things that were unexpected and, you know, that kind of thing. And it's uh, it's amazing, really, but it's fun as well as being strenuous. So, yeah, no, it's uh, I, I keep your mind open to that, definitely. It's, uh, you know, you never know. And so... Look, a very basic question, but I'd just be interested in knowing, uh, could you give us more of an idea of, you know, the sort of, um, are there any examples of, uh, you know, film reviews that you particularly remember or examinations of films that really kind of got you into starting Cold Coffee Press? That may be a bit difficult to remember uh, all, all, these, all these years later. Um, I actually do remember the uh, the moment where... It was almost like a, uh, and it, it, funny enough, the the image that's in the film has that kind of theme. But it was the 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 moment in which I realized writing about films is very rewarding. And it was when we did uh, the film Blade Runner for our comparative piece for our Leavensert. And um, it was just through watching it and initially not knowing how to feel about it, but then going back and kind of interpreting all the different imagery that was on screen and. Uh, I don't know if you if you've seen uh, uh, the original Blade Runner, uh, Ridley Scott's. A long time ago, I did. I can barely remember anything about it, so please do remind me. But um, the film opens with because it's set in um, uh, it was made in nineteen eighty two, but set in a in a futuristic uh twenty nineteen Los Angeles that's full of uh giant skyscrapers and floating cars. <laughs> so we probably haven't reached that point yet, <laughs> but there's an immediate shot of like a an eye opening and through the the pupil you see kind of like sparks and like um almost like fireworks going off yeah but i remember my english teacher uh discussing that with us and saying it's almost as if taking a closer look that's like throughout the film like you're kind of looking more into what's going on on the screen and it was just that like thought in my head and from discussing like character motives and like other like aesthetic choices maybe like cinematography and editing that it's just it it made it because back then like when you're young you, you never really um well, interpret films like in that way like you don't uh go that that's a nice use of mise-en-scene or that's a, a low dutch angle like thing that you're just kind of saying like things are moving on screen fantastic but it's like through discussing it it kind of gives us like longevity and it's almost like in the same way like a, a piece of art can stand a time like film like throughout the years and then it was just having had that experience and write about it just made me like eager to um uncover similar things with similar film like are can similar films be interpreted in that way can similar films um can you peel back the layers or take a closer look and find out 
what's going on or what was the intent behind this. Okay, okay, now that's interesting. And um, now apologies, we may have touched on this earlier, but I'd just be interested to know, so apart from the reviews that you do, um, how often do you delve into, on Cold Coffee Press, how often do you delve into sort of, you know, uh, I don't know what you want to call it, almost like, you know, that whole sort of semiotic, symbolic analysis of a particular film? Because, I mean, I know, obviously, as you as you know, like with some films, like there are just so many um, interpretations out there, some completely wild interpretations of things yeah. like, you know, The Shining, uh, <laughs> if you've seen... Um, Room two three seven, which was about the different interpretations. I have I haven't seen the film, but I've just heard like some of the the interpretations it poses are just like just mad. <laughs> some of the stuff. Yeah, I mean, again, it was a while ago that I saw it, but yeah, now some of them were um, uh, interesting, let's say. But I mean, it was uh, you know, it's, I guess it shows just you know the the way different people can just come to all these different creative interpretations of a film and uh, intellectual interpretations of a film uh, or a book for that matter or any other media. So like, how often would you delve into that kind of thing? Like kind of, you know, um, a, a real kind of in-depth analysis of like, you know, symbolically or whatever, liter in a literary sort of way, what a film is trying to communicate. Um, I, I, I did a lot more in the past than I have now. But um, I think it's because whereas I've seen a lot of good films lately, I haven't actually, I haven't had time to like, like that, like really like focus on just one film and like write a a giant analysis of it. I remember at one stage, like during lockdown, I had this uh, piece planned about uh, that film, The Lighthouse, Robert Eggers movie. Yeah. Uh, but it, it's just because it, there's, there's so much you could discuss behind that, that I kind of had to shelve it just because there was, I didn't really know like which area to kind of dive into which is kind of ironic because the film is on one location with two characters, yet there's so much that can be discussed about it and so, so many different things you can take away from it. But uh, I don't know. I think I, I definitely would like to see a film that kind of makes me get back into that mindset again, where it's like, all right, what's going on here? What's this about? I think one of the films I noted in my um, uh, most anticipated list, uh, Bo Was Afraid, which is the new film from Ari Aster, who did Hereditary in Midsummer. I watched the trailer for that and I was like, that looks like it's going to be a trip. So I think maybe that's, and they're full of surreal and abstract imagery. So I think that could definitely like a sneak its way into a potential analysis or a potential singular piece focusing on the meanings behind it. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, I haven't seen the trailer for that. So I don't know about that film specifically, but in terms of, apart from what I read in your piece about the anticipated films, but I'm just wondering, do you think there's ever a danger of films getting too abstract and almost like, you know, just trying too hard to provoke some sort of, you know, intellectual interpretation when maybe there's a more balanced way of doing it where it can be, you know, uh, killing two birds with one stone, as it were, both narratively and metaphorically. Uh, is that ever a concern that you'd have or if you were making a film, for instance? I think one of the discussions in the past was that um, maybe audiences might not be as... Uh, keen on checking these films out because that they're too maybe that they're alienating them from more conventional story beats or um familiar concepts but i think the the paradigm has shifted a little bit in recent years and i think more recently with um everything ever all at once getting all of the uh, oscar nominations and that being a, a low budget film that became a24's most profitable pro profitable film to date and also was a very out there mad crazy film 
that had so many different ideas and visual uh, moments going on, yet was still very human, like in its story and its approach. So I think while there is a danger of maybe veering too far into the abstract, I think there is like hope for films to kind of strike that balance. And also I think that a lot of the time, I think audience members are very, uh, I can't speak for everyone, but I, I definitely, for my case, that we're always looking to find something refreshing. And th that doesn't mean omitting like familiar uh, narrative, archetype, narrative archetypes and structures. It just means what kind of approach can we do to this or what, what, what way can we tell this story over and over again? Right. Okay. Yeah. No, that's, that's well said, definitely. And um, in terms of like, you know, let's say uh, in terms of, uh, oh yes, uh, this was something I've been meaning to ask you. Are you ever going to go back to stage acting? I know when, when we were, when we were like, you know, doing yeah. our grads, uh, we both did that. I mean, I remember you yeah. were, were good. I mean, you were really good at that. You were in, um, you know, plays in the UCD drum sock. Uh, yes. And it was, you know, feels like a long time ago now. Um, was, yeah. yeah. But uh, you know, time flies and, so I'm just wondering, like, I mean, would you ever, would you ever do that again? That kind of thing, acting in general. Um, I definitely wouldn't put a pause on it. Like, it's definitely something I'd like to uh, go back and explore um, in future. Uh, having just attended the Seen and Heard Festival there recently uh, to watch some of my peers, uh, well, a, a friend of mine had put on a show. Uh, it was fantastic, and it just made me like, it kind of, um, like sparked the interest again. It's like, oh, just the process of like. The rehearsal seeing it all to come together and being back on the stage again like it's definitely a feeling i'd like to uh to return to so i definitely would be interested as well and uh do you, do you find the same as well with yourself to return to stage acting me personally no <laughs> <laughs> i I, don't, it's, I mean i have nothing against people who, who who'd like doing it it's just i i, I personally prefer um uh writing podcasting uh academia uh, that kind of thing that's my own personal opinion uh people like different things as you know and it's just you know um i don't know i guess i just kind of realized personally that i uh um prefer other things but uh you know sounds like uh the door's still open for you in that regard like you might return to it one day which is good uh to hear so it's a bit nerve-wracking though isn't it acting i mean i mean like it's 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 also kind of nerve-wracking which wasn't necessarily I don't think why I lost interest in it but I mean you know do, do you did you find that as well that like it'd be very kind of um you know there'd be a very palpable tension waiting to go on stage you know yeah I think it's that like when the lights are down and then the other lights come on like there is that feeling like like English becoming a second language uh or fear of like missing a beat but I think once you're kind of you kind of realize when you're you're there that everybody's there just to just to see something and that you're giving them the opportunity you're kind of seizing control of those nerves seizing the opportunity uh, of all those concerns you have and just venting it out onto the stage and performing the piece or performing um uh, just performing to the best of your ability true true yeah no exactly um so it sounds like you got a good handle on it then so uh in terms of being able to, to I, I, I must admit though that I haven't acted in a in a very very long time but um yeah so I have but uh, I definitely would be interested down the line I think it's kind of like a if an opportunity rises I might go for it but it's just something like after finishing college that I hadn't returned to or hadn't uh, just found, I found a way 
I've da dabbled in a bit of um, impro improvisational kind of theatre, like doing impro improv workshops and all that. And they've been a, you know, a great way to kind of, um, you know, uh, vent any of the, the tiredness or uh, frustrations of a of a Monday morning, <laughs> just heading down to a to an open space and just just some impromptu performance art. <laughs> It's uh, it's always fun just trying to think how on earth to entertain people doing that whole improv thing that years ago when from my recollection. So yeah, no, I, I know what you mean. It's uh, definitely uh, and good practice too, in just all sorts of different ways. Um, you know, in terms of uh, you know, you know, public speaking, etc., all that kind of thing. Um, what sort of uh, do you do interviews on Cold Coffee Press? Remind me. Do, I mean, are, are you going to interview actors uh, for that matter? No, no. No, we haven't interviewed anyone. Um, in the past, uh, I interviewed um, uh, one of the auditors of the uh, Film Society in UCD. Yeah. But, um, what we did was we just uh, we we met outside the student cafe and uh, uh, had just the recording on my phone, but it, it was all transcribed, so it was all like a a transcript of the interview available for people to read. But that was uh, that was in relation to the. Um, the film festival that was upcoming, I can't remember how many years ago it was, it, it feels like forever, but um, I think it was almost like a little bit of a film stock promotion, cold coffee promotion kind of working hand in hand. <laughs> okay, that's uh, that's a good way of doing things sometimes, is it, you know, in your in your yeah. experience? Yeah, Def definitely, and like there's definitely a lot of, um, there was a lot of experimentation when we started about like the blogs and the way we were going to um, uh, promote the content, so I think going forward there would be an interest in returning to some of those uh methods maybe again like maybe more interviews down the line and as we've maybe like manifested here a, a cold coffee podcast <laughs> well that's a great idea and uh, i'm sure many people including myself would be very interested in that so before we finish up i just uh, well i was going to ask you you know what's next for cold coffee press but it sounds like uh, you got some good ideas there uh, already which is uh, which is great to hear um anything else you'd like to do with uh, the website uh, in the near future just to to keep going and just to keep uh, putting out my thoughts and film definitely uh, more of a venture into um uh, outside of just the review content maybe like more uh analytical pieces on films maybe more uh, film discussion posts and um, maybe continuing because the one format i've been enjoying now is the kind of more uh, condensed like maybe a double bill triple tri triple feature review where it's like can get uh smaller thoughts out on like more films and it can give maybe like a a condensed uh approval or disapproval of a film whether it's worth seeing or steering clear of but uh, just to keep doing that, just to keep getting the stuff out at a consistent pace. Good, good. Well, I mean, certainly it's uh, very exciting, the stuff you're writing about and very well written as well. And uh, just Thank good for much. all people, good for all people, no matter how in-depth they like to get into in terms of film criticism and analysis in general. Uh, where can people find it, by the way? Where, where would you direct people to? I mean, obviously there's the website called Coffee mm -hmm. Press, but where else? I mean, just where can people find you? Um, you can find it on uh, WordPress, but uh, we also have a fa Facebook page and we have an Instagram page at uh, Cold Coffee Insta. And uh, we'd also like to, before we wrap up, give a particular shout out to uh, the lads that I know that face for their podcast. They got exactly. a lot of, a lot of cool, cool things coming our way this year and for the next couple of months. 
Wonderful stuff. Wonderful stuff. Well, thank you for being on Commendable Commotion. <laughs> thank you very <laughs> much for um, me. It's been, it's been a real pleasure and good to talk to you after uh, so many years. Uh, so have a good day. It's good to see you again, man. It's really nice seeing you again. And congratulations with your podcast as well and everything. Thank you. For checking out some of the episodes. They're very good, especially last week's, the most recent one with Eduardo Sanchez. That was a real, real fun, real fun to have. It was, uh, it was brilliant having him on. And it's been great having you on as well. So thank you very much indeed.